Welcome to the second season of the Dubai Gem podcast. We are your hosts for today, Anishan and Kiara, and this first episode is about independence and starting out after school and university. This is the Dubai Gem podcast. Sitting with us today are our very own DGPS alumni, Alnaz Tabeei and Rishika Raichandani. Alnaz, Rishika, thank you for joining us. We are very excited to hear what you have to say about your journey after school. So let's get started. Why don't you tell us a little about yourselves? Um, hi, I'm really happy to be here. Uh, so I'm Rishika and um, I graduated from Indiana University and I majored in finance, accounting and tech management. Um, and right after college, uh, I went to work for a startup uh, in San Francisco. And that startup was focused on e-sports and fantasy sports. And then very recently, about in July, I started working for another startup called Manager Reviews, uh, and I'm their first employee. So I'm currently working there uh, and uh, wearing a lot of different hats. So I can't say that there's one specific thing I do. Um, so, you know, this month was focused on bringing users onto the platform. Uh, next month is probably going to be something else. Um, so, yeah, that's that's me. Rishika, that's good to know. What about you, Elnaz? Hello, um, my name is Alnaz. Um, thank you for having us. I'm currently in my last semester in the American University of Sharjah. I'm majoring in management, uh, minoring in design management. And I founded Artabelle.dxb approximately last year. Um, in a nutshell, it's basically a product designing business where um, I hand paint on various surfaces, such as technological uh, accessories, apparel, shoes, and murals as well. Um, that's pretty much it, and we can go into detail after. Um, that seems very exciting, guys. Um, I have another question. Was there any particular person or event you would say that helped you, that helped shape or inspire you to pursue your current course? So um, I started drawing and sketching at a very young age and my mom surprisingly has still kept all of those paintings and drawings from 20 years ago. And I think she was my biggest supporter um, throughout. And I think that's what helped me kind of keep going and trying to pursue this uh, career. And then another person that actually also kept pushing me is our Dubai Gems art teacher, Miss Mario. Uh, she always pushed me. She was always trying to make me like make me draw the perfect anything. Um, and I always used to tell her that when I when I grow up or when I want to go to university, I want to be a fashion designer and I want to I want to you know have my own line of clothing and stuff and. I think that's, these are the two people at the back of my head that have always inspired me and I always remember them throughout. That's amazing. I can also relate about that because I'm an art student myself. So I know what you mean by Miss Maria always being encouraging so that it's really amazing that there are many supportive people out there. So Rishika, do you have anyone or anything that would have like motivated you to pursue your course? Yeah, I'm not like, uh, I wasn't like Elnaz. Uh, I actually envy that, right? Because I felt that way a lot in college where I was like, oh my God, everybody around me knows what they want. And, you know, they have all these cool stories where they're telling me they, they knew from when they were little and, uh, and also attesting to Miss Maria, she, I sucked at art, but she was really encouraging anyway. So I can only imagine what Alnaz and all of you people that's actually that, that are actually good at art that got out of that. Uh, but for me, no, not so much. Um, I think uh, freshman year of college, I, I was really sure of my majors and um, about you know, getting into sophomore year when I was thinking about interning and working at you know a company to actually apply myself. Uh, I worked uh, at Grant Thornton um, 
uh, as an audit intern. And that's when I realized I hated the job. And that kind of continued, right? Everything I did, I, I wasn't sure of. So the only thing that I did do was um, talk to more people. Uh, so I really just went in on LinkedIn and found people working in certain careers. Uh, so, you know, it could be working at big companies like Google or smaller companies at startups that nobody had even heard of and uh, kind of asked them what they like, how they figured it out. And they all said the same thing, that there's no real answer to that. So keep like trying different internships out or, you know, job shadow people and, and you'll get there. So I think um, that was kind of how I figured out what I didn't like doing. And that's what led me to the world of startups, if that answers your question. Absolutely. Those sound like great ways to first be introduced to your course and to develop an interest in them. Now, let's fast forward to life after school. So, Alnaz and Rishika, the both of you did decide to pursue higher education. So, what was life in university like? Um... So definitely routined, um, very routined. When I first uh, started college, it didn't seem that way because um, unlike school where we didn't really have that many choices of what we could pick to study. Um, when I first came to college, it was like, okay, there are so many classes and I'm not sure which ones to pick. And, you know, uh, you have so many electives, like there are things you can pick outside of your course. And I was like, okay, I, I just don't know what any of this means. Um, but once you get the hang of it, it becomes very routine. So you have class, then you have breaks, and then you have time to study or any extracurriculars. If you're doing a job, you have time for that. And four years seem like they go by in a blur because, uh, you know, you're, you're doing this thing like during the weekday where you're just working and you're, you're in class and then the weekends pretty much didn't exist. <laughs> they seem like they went away and I'm like, okay, wait, when did that happen? Um, so I think uh, definitely like the biggest takeaway for me for college was it's so routine and set up for you that there's very little space to actually mess up, right? Because you know exactly what is expected of you and you kind of know like what you have to do to, um, achieve success and you kind of know what that you know what that even means like uh success usually would mean like okay yeah you wanted to join you know these many clubs or like you know be a leader in this club or maybe get this grade the point is there's a definition and whatever your definition of it you know of how you define success it's it's like pretty easy to get there you have certain steps you can take um, so yeah, that was college for me, for sure. That sounds like a really wonderful experience. Now, Alnaz, would you like to tell us a little bit about your university experience or college experience? So um, university life was actually very different for me. Um, it took me a long time to actually adjust into the right group of friends, um, the right sports team to play in since I've been playing sports since since school so I wanted to keep that going uh, but it took me a while to try to get into the right team to play and I, I felt like I'm a small fish in a big pond and uh, especially after Dubai Gym where it's it's relatively much smaller school and somehow everyone just knows everyone um, but it took me until probably the end of my sophomore year to adjust and learn how to balance life, studies, and sports. Um, and to be honest, AUS is actually a very demanding and competitive university. And trying to have, um, trying to go for practice for football while you have a midterm the next day is, I don't know why I did that to myself, but Honestly, I loved it. It, it. it shaped me to the person I am today. Um, it, it helped me, pushed me to my limits and discover the potentials that I have. So university life was, was downward sloping, but then after second year, it helped me. It, I, I managed through it. So I'm, 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 I'm grateful. <laughs> 
Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And we're very glad that you got through it. And it's obvious that all of this is a very different transition. So how would you say you coped with the change? And what was the biggest challenge you had to overcome? So I think the best way I was able to cope up uh, was to keep an open mind. Um, so you can be ready for a change at all times and, and challenges that come in your way. And it's it's harder than like it's harder it's easier said than done um, but it's always good to keep reminding yourself that you're not the only freshman in this university there are other people that feel the same way that you feel at that moment and the overwhelmingness and everything it's just it's not just you it's everyone else so that was what helped me keep going it was my constant reminder but I did face a lot of time management problems and in school yes we did have classes and we did have morning training and as an art student I was able to do it but in university it wasn't as easy um, because classes were at very different times and you had these big gaps in the middle and football practices were in the evening so to be able to develop a routine around that was very difficult, but eventually I decided to uh, follow the triple H rule. I'm not sure if you know about it, but it's basically setting aside uh, eight hours for work and eight hours for uh, leisure and eight hours for, um, for uh, what was the third one? For, for free time. So, no, for sleeping, sorry. So eight hours of work, eight hours of leisure, and eight hours for sleeping. How could I forget that? I'm sorry. Um, so I think that's what kept me going, the triple H rule. And uh, I, I, I think I decided to keep going with that. And that's about it. Okay, Elnaz, the eight-hour rule seems quite effective. I think I should implement it into my life at the moment because as of now, I'm getting one hour of free time, about three hours of sleep and all work. So I think maybe the eight-hour rule might be it for me to make my life a little more balanced. Yeah, um, so definitely on that, uh, I completely agree. Time management is super important. Um, the biggest challenge for me um, was definitely choices. Again, coming back to like figuring out uh, what uh, extracurricular activity should I be involved in? And, um, you know, how is that going to help me figure out the next uh, step or the next move in, in my college career and then post-college? Um, so something uh, that uh, kind of worked for me was going in freshman year, I joined um, uh, the dorm that I decided to live in was a business uh, school uh, dorm. So it was all business students. And um, I thought that was a great idea. And it really was. But uh, by the end of my first year, all I had uh, were, you know, friends that were from the business school that thought the way, you know, that I did. And there was no diversity in that sense where, um, you know, I was learning outside of the same school of thought. Uh, and even my extracurriculars, I ended up joining a business fraternity because everybody thinks the same way. They're all saying, oh, this is the right thing to do. Or, you know, it, it becomes this thing of groupthink where if one, you know, if like a lot of people are saying the same thing where, yeah, you should, you should do this. This seems right. This is what, you know, success means, or this is what the right thing to do is you start thinking the same way. Um, so for me, it was uh, that challenge of getting out of what I know and what I'm comfortable with and uh, finding different groups of friends or even like uh, things to be involved in outside of, my core major and you know my core interest uh, because I think when you do that you really understand um, you know how to develop your skills whatever they may be the soft skills you're trying to develop outside of something that is your comfort zone 
Um, so definitely that was uh, the biggest challenge on, you know, what should I be involved in? And then it became, okay, now I'm involved in only business school things. How should I like get out of that? Uh, because applying when you're applying for jobs or when you're, or even when you think back to your college experience, you don't want to have the same story. You don't want to have the same experiences, right? You want to mix it up. And I think that makes an interview or anything at life in general, just more interesting. So yeah, that was uh, the biggest challenge for me. The eight hour rule and moving out of your comfort zone seems like uh, great ways to approach new challenges. And it's good to hear about how well the both of you handled them. But that is of course expected from our DGPS alumni. Um, now we'll be moving on to the most exciting and important part of this interview, your careers. How did you kickstart your career after university? And how did you know that was the right decision to move forward with? Alnaz, would you like to start us off? Uh, sure, thank you. Um, so I believe that I was always artistically inclined, uh, even though somehow I would always try to shut it down thinking, what's the point? Or it wouldn't get me successful. Or um, a lot of people, a lot of uh, people around me would tell me that, well, art is just art. It's not going to take you anywhere. It's not going to um, get you successful. It's a backup, backup, backup plan, you know? Uh, but I would, I would, I'd try to, I, I'd try to push myself uh, into continue it because that was my, um, it was my time to unwind. And when I joined university, I actually, could not have the time to uh, set time away and, and, and actually do art. Um, I, I had other things to uh, occupy my free time, but not art. Um, so eventually I was in a very tough mental state prior to starting up Artabelle. And I had distanced myself away from who I was and, and what I love and even the people around me. And I did get a call once uh, during this time prior also to starting up Artabel and she told me if I could paint her laptop case. And I was like, okay, it's, it was the first time I would be ever painting on, a, on, a, on, on something that wasn't a canvas or paper, but I took the challenge. I was like, you know what? Let me see how far my potential goes. Um, and in the press process of getting that done, I was like, hey, that's actually a pretty good idea. It's a good business idea. And in the end of my third year of university, I started it. I, I started Artabel. And how did I know that was the right decision? Uh, it was 90% my instincts. Uh, but I knew that art and fashion in the UAE were getting popular as the years passed by compared to when I was in school, for example. And I just thought to myself, how about combining them both? How about combining art and fashion in both by hand painting them instead of just getting them printed on digitally? And I guess that's how I started and still going. <laughs> Absolutely. Believing in yourself and going back to your roots and challenging yourself is such a great way to find something that you love and pursue it as a career. Um, now, Rishika, um, how about you? How did you kickstart your career and how did you know that was the right decision for you? Yeah, so for me, um, I think everybody around me was uh, trying to join bigger companies and organizations. So, you know, ones that everyone had heard of and uh, even my family, my cousins um, who went to Indiana ended up at really big uh, companies and they, they seemed um, happy and they seemed like um, they, you know, enjoyed going into work and they seemed what, you know, anyone would define as successful. Um, and so... Uh, I just um, remember reflecting on that and thinking, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. So I interned at two pretty big uh, companies. And what I, what I realized was like, I, I didn't enjoy the experience at all. 
Um, and besides just the role, I, I felt like everything moved really slowly. So I felt like every day coming back, um, that really my impact was, wasn't anything. Uh, I mean, what was I doing? Right. And this isn't to say that all big companies are like this or everybody should feel this way. Not at all. I, I don't think that I think for me, uh, this is very tailored to me. I think I didn't feel like I was making any impact. Um, or working on any important problems. And I felt like, you know, 10 years from now, I'm going to look back and think, okay, but what did I do? Uh, like, what was I really working on? Um, so that was really an indicator to me that, okay, that's not the route that I want to take, um, no matter how difficult it is. And so, you know, senior year, that was a really difficult thing to tell my parents, uh, telling them, yeah, I don't, I don't want to work for a big company. And so they had this moment of, okay, that means you're not going to have much security, right? And everybody said that. Everybody kept saying, oh, this is a risky move, you know, maybe think about it. Um, and senior year, I, I got a call from, from the person uh, who started my previous startup, the CEO, and uh, we got linked through a friend, through a mutual friend. And, um, you know, it was a really weird call because I didn't know him and he had no idea who I was. And uh, we were on the phone for about two or three hours and I was trying to learn about, about him and his startup. And I honestly had no experience in esports, and I have no experience in how to run a company. And uh, while those things were really scary, uh, something I realized was, okay, this is my chance to actually make an impact and to do things that are going to grow the company, no matter how little those things are, you know, it, it's going to, I'm going to think back and say, oh my God, I, I did that. That's what I did. And um, so in about, I think a month, he pretty much asked me to, you know, come on board as a co-founder. And uh yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got there. And uh, my job focused on raising, um, raising money for, for the company, and then also working on building out the product uh, and thinking about the user experience. Uh, and these are all things that I didn't learn in school. I didn't learn in, you know, you know, in high school, I, I had no experience with uh, during my internships. But I knew it was the right decision for me because everything else indicated that I was unhappy and I didn't feel like I was making an impact. And if I'm going to be spending over eight hours of my day every day at a place, uh, I, yeah, I just wanted to be happy or look back and think, OK, today was it was good. And, you know, I felt like I did something besides just like being in being a part of like, you know, tens of thousands of people and maybe not even contributing that much. That's amazing to know. Like, it's really great to see how differently, but equally cleverly, both of you have handled your career decisions. So now, Elnaz, like you mentioned, art has always been your passion. And of course, at DGPS, we always knew how talented you were when it came to art. So would you say your entire business was based on just this passion itself? Or was there any other motive behind starting it too? I could say it was 90% passion. Um, as mentioned, I've been drawing and sketching for a very long time and it never stopped and it grew up with me. Um, art was my form of expression and it's therapeutic to me. And until date, I'm, I'm very grateful of, of taking art in school because I was forced to paint and draw. And I feel like with all the pressure that IGCSE brings, uh, I wouldn't have had the time to release my frustration and stress um, otherwise. But with art classes, I was like, this is the perfect time to unwind and, and hit the reset button. And in addition to that, I was getting graded for it. So it's a win-win situation. And so I had the same mentality when it came to Artabel. Because of Artabel, I'm unwinding and hitting the reset button. And... Um, uh, go and 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 while uh, while being in a very competitive university, I was I was getting paid for it as well, um, and it, it was a bit more difficult because I'm not just painting for myself; I'm painting for people. Um, I'm satisfying their demands, uh, but 
it was always a challenge for me and I and I'm always down for challenges and I think it, it was 90% passion for me and I would have done it either way. Absolutely. That seems like a wonderful driving force for Ardabel. And I think challenging yourself in order to find what you really like and what you enjoy doing is so important. Now, Rishika, as you previously mentioned, you were part of the Manager Reviews organization. What appealed to you most about Manager Reviews and how did this enterprise help in developing your skills? Uh, thank you. So something that really appealed to me was um, you know, going back and thinking about what, like, how I decided to, you know, kickstart my career, what company am I picking, all of those decisions seem like a shot in the dark, uh, especially when it came to startups. Um, I didn't know who I was working with. And um, the truth is, most of my friends had no idea whether their company was massive or, or smaller. They had no clue on who they were going to work with. And uh, Manager Reviews is a platform that, um, you know, it's, it's like Glassdoor for a manager. So it shows you kind of who the person who's going to be managing you is like. And your experience with any company, uh, in my opinion, really comes down to who you're working for. So, you know, you may be at a company that everybody thinks is, you know, the, the general average um, reputation is it's a great place to work at. The culture is amazing. But um, you may be in a team with a manager who, you know, who doesn't uh, who doesn't match well with you and, and the way you work. Uh, or they might be a micromanager telling you how to do every little thing. So really, your experience doesn't come down to the reputation of the company, but really down to the reputation of the manager. And that was very true with, um, with both these companies that I've worked for. Uh, it comes down to who you work with. You spend pretty much your whole day with this person. They decide whether or not you get promoted. They decide uh, what kinds of projects you work on. And at the end of the day, they decide... Um, if you know if if you want to take an initiative they decide whether or not to give you the yes or no on that so if your manager isn't somebody who's um, great or somebody you like your experience is probably not going to be fun and so that's what appealed to me is uh, we live in a world where everything that we you know look up on google there's so much like information on literally everything so why shouldn't there be more insight onto who we're working with and that could be for anybody right when you go to glassdoor and look up um okay like uh for instance i want to work as a financial analyst at facebook you can even see down to the degree of what you might be paid um but what you can't see is what are people saying about the culture of the team? How is the manager, you know, go about their day? Are they, are they a micromanager? Are they, you know, or do they give you any independence on your work? Uh, those kind of things. That's definitely what appealed to me. Um, and what helped me develop my skills is not having a defined role. Uh, definitely, because that was very uncomfortable for me, uh, not having, you know, um, a set task, uh, tasks uh, to do every day. So it wasn't like someone was coming to me and saying, okay, here's, here's all the things you need to get done by today or by the end of the week. Uh, that just didn't exist. It was more like, okay, here's how many users we're looking to get this week. Um, so, you know, uh, figure out a plan for that. And that's really vague and that's uncomfortable, but that's really what helped uh, shape my skills because I think no matter what job you're at, you need to be a little bit more, um, I guess, scrappy and try to think of things in your own way instead of thinking of things uh, in the way that a company, you know, a university or anything that you're doing like forces you to think about it. So yeah, definitely that independence on what am I going to do about this problem uh, helped me develop my skills. Personal development is such an incredible part of the journey towards independence, and it's so fantastic to hear more about that. Now, Rishika and Elnaz, as women with established careers in the business sector, how would you advise the listeners when it comes to financing a business startup effectively and efficiently? Alnaz, would you like to um, would you like to tell us about how you would advise our listeners? Sure, thank you. Um, so, in my experience, I did not really go towards investors or tried crowdfunding, even though with 
even though these are really great ways um, to gain finances. However, I was able to initially finance Artabel myself with money that I had saved up. Uh, but eventually, as time passed by, I would set aside a budget with the money I would earn from orders and buy the assets I required. Um, but an advice that I would give to listeners is currently in the UAE, there are a lot of youth entrepreneurship competitions such as HALT and many more uh, where you can pitch your ideas and get financed for your idea. Um, lots of, there's also a lot of uh, incubators Startup incubators have also uh, popped up in the UAE to help and guide you and, and polish your business idea. And you can always, if, if you're not up for that and you think you, you want something more, um, let's say, more closer to you and not to, for example, not uh, go for a competition or, a, or, or, or an incubator, you can always get support from your family, um, get them on board. And I think just all of this combined, depending on your business idea, I think the way that you could finance your business is, uh, is different. But that's basically it in a nutshell for me. I think that's definitely very sound advice. And I'm sure our listeners will appreciate this new information. Rishika, how about you? How would you advise our listeners to finance their business startups effectively and efficiently? I think um, something that I always thought was true before um, working for a startup or even trying to raise money was um, this idea that you even, you know, you need um, a lot of money to start off with because most of the times that's not going to be true. Right. There are so many barriers that we put for ourselves. So um, an example would be, oh, I, you know, I need this much money to actually make a difference to, in my startup to actually go and do this to start my company. Um, and, you know, Elna's didn't she self-funded everything. And then another one is like, oh, I, I don't know how to code. I, I don't know how to do these things. I can't possibly start something. I need the money to hire someone who can build something for me. And that's not even true. Um, the current company that I work for, the founder has zero idea on how to code. And um, he started everything. He launched um, pretty much everything in a week, right? And that sounds like that's crazy. It's unheard of. But that's the quickest way to actually see whether or not your company or your idea uh, is actually what people want, right? So my advice is, Step one, actually ask yourself, do you really need um, funding right now? Is there something you can do to get whatever this is, the product or your art or anything out to people who may be interested um, and, you know, who might even talk about it to more people? Uh, so that's the first thing I would do. And then once you have that, and I'm not saying that it always applies, right? There may be cases where, yeah, you do definitely need money right off the bat. And, um, but in the case that you feel like, yes, there's something you can do where, you, you know, may, there may be friends, family, and people in college, anyone who's interested in what you're trying to build uh, and, you know, can test it out for you. You take that and, and you go to anyone who's interested to listen to you, who has deep pockets uh, to invest. And, um, you know, whether you're in Dubai, whether you're in, uh, you know, the States or anywhere in the world, uh, the one great thing is, is we have the internet, right? So everything becomes so global. Uh, you can reach out to anyone, anywhere. And, um, you know, regarding, regarding fundraising, and you'd be surprised to how many people actually want to listen and how many people would be interested in um, actually investing in your idea. And I'm not saying that every call that you take or every email that you send out is going to be great and you're going to get a response. Most likely you're not. But the more emails that you send out, the more calls you make, the more warm introductions that you try to get uh, will lead you closer to actually finding and raising that money. 
money. And people today don't need a product uh, already ready to go for them to invest into you. They invest in you, your passion, and you know, even just an idea. So don't be afraid to just go and, and do that. So my advice is like, one, try to get users on board. Uh, even if you don't have a great product, because it's not about a great product, it's about testing out your idea. Two is taking that, whatever that you've collected, um, whether that's users, feedback, anything, and then going to pretty much anyone that you can find online who's ready to invest uh, and, you know, um, talk to them about your product. And three is like cold email, cold call, and cold reach out to everyone that you can online and, you know, keep at it. So that's my advice. Those were some extremely useful tips, and I'm sure our listeners would really benefit from them too. Now, similarly, what would you say are some things you learned about starting your company or just in general that school didn't prepare you for? School actually prepared me for a lot of things, um, but entrepreneurship right now is on the rise, and I feel that every school does need to touch up on the basis of that. Um, because marketing your company is important. Ways to market your business is important. Um, asset management is important. And uh, these things were slightly touched upon in school, but however, not into great depth because you're never too young to start up. You're never too young to start up your own company. And um, it's never too early as well. Um, so I think being pushed in, in, in school, even though many people may have their passion, being pushed in school was something that maybe uh, we weren't prepared for, uh, that it didn't prepare me for. Uh, but more importantly, uh, being an entrepreneur and, and having a startup is actually very, it's, it's challenging because it's, uh, what, how can I say it? it it's, it's quite risky because you're not working a salary job. You're not working nine to five. And many people think that, oh, just because I'm not working nine to five, I, I have flexible hours, but they don't realize that flexible hours mean working till two in the morning, you know? Um, but, and that could take an effect on your uh, mental health. And I think that is something that I wasn't prepared for at all and I learned through starting up my own company um there when you've when you've founded your own business there like I said there's no starting and ending time and sometimes your personal life can clash with your business and 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 sometimes you don't even realize that it's clashing you could be in a social setting and and you're 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 answering emails when it's after work hours or traditionally after work hours and it, it it slowly starts to consume you if you are not aware of it and if you don't take a step to stop yourself and take a step back and go like okay this is a bit too stressful I need some time away and it's there's nothing wrong with thinking that you're overwhelmed with something you started it's okay we're human we're not machines um, and I think that's something that is very underestimated in the uh, entrepreneurship culture that we're in right now. Um, so I think, I think for me, um, something that I feel school didn't prepare me for, and I just, I don't even know how school would prepare somebody for this is um, the fact that there were no rules, right? There are no rules um, and there are no frameworks and there's no, you know, your tasks are so open. You, you have to do everything um, and you're constantly selling. That was big. Uh, whether you're fundraising, I mean, you're selling yourself and your, your idea to somebody to, to put money into your company or whether that is, um, you know, trying to get users on the platform, that's selling again. The thing is, there are no defined tasks, and you have to constantly put um, in effort to 
to measure whether or not what you're doing is uh, going somewhere. So setting goals for yourself um, and, you know, setting, setting different success metrics. So if I do this, then yes, my week was successful. Sometimes that's not even like clearly defined. And there are so many roadblocks. You just, yeah, I feel like not having clarity, um, having no rules, having no frameworks to work under. Those are some of the things that were definitely extremely challenging and, and still are. Um, and, you know, you're not, uh, while having no definitive role in the company has really helped shape my skills, it's also really brought a lot of um, anxiety, I would say, because sometimes I'm like, okay, I, I, you know, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, obviously, this I have no experience in this. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to move forward and actually do this correctly, or am I even doing things right? Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of self-doubt that comes with it. But I think, um, yeah, I think definitely something that helps with that is remembering that um, there are no rules, right? There's, uh, there isn't someone who's saying, okay, if you do this, then this is what success is. You, you decide to set that. And that's, that's the great thing about it. So I think, um, yeah, and I think a lot of people probably don't talk about this. Like everybody talks about, you know, their successful startup. They say, oh, look, this is, you know, everybody knows about this company. They've done so well, but they don't talk about day zero. They don't talk about all the challenges or what went wrong and like how they just had no clue on what to do. Sometimes you're almost out of money. Sometimes, you know, you don't have the right person on the team. Sometimes it could be, it could be literally anything. Um, and nobody talks about that, but it is very real. It is so real. So I think that's that's a very big challenge for me. Yeah, I'd completely agree. I think that since we're all safe in school, this change can be quite overwhelming, but it's comforting to know otherwise school is preparing us for most things. And of course, both of your advice on how to deal with the other things like mental health and all the challenges in general has been extremely enlightening. Now, Rishika, being part of a startup business such as manager reviews can be a fairly risky venture. Now, what motivated you to pursue a career in a relatively new organization as opposed to an older, more established or secure enterprise? So I think going back, right, I felt constantly like I was not uh, making enough impact, um, whether that was my internships um, or, you know, anything else that I'd heard other people do. I just felt like at the end of the day, I'm not, I don't feel uh, content or satisfied with what I'm putting back into, into any company. So I think um, it's, it's more to do with the role. And um, I feel like uh, I prefer being in a smaller company because um, it's kind of like the saying, right? You want to be a you want to be a bigger fish in a smaller pond versus the opposite. Um, so for me, that was what really motivated me and encouraged me to, to go pursue something that's fairly riskier. And also it comes down to, you know, who, who are you working with? Is this person truly smart? And, um, you know, what are they like? And uh, sometimes like, it's just your gut feeling that tells you that the person you're working with, the CEO that's, you know, uh, that's started this company, um, he's, he's the right guy, he's the right person, or she's the right person, right, for the job. And you know that like being with them, uh, the biggest thing you're going to take back is all these skills that they're going to help you develop over time. So if tomorrow I decide, okay, this is, this is very risky, I, I don't want to work here, uh, that's not the end of my career. I've actually taken so much more than I could have possibly taken anywhere else, in my opinion. And now I can go to, you know, a bigger venture, you know, the, a more older, more secure company and say, hey, like, this is all of the experience that I have. Uh, I've done so much. Um, and I think that would actually be more helpful to get into a bigger company than if I were to try before. So I think... Um, definitely uh, having more impact and being able to learn a lot more, having a learn like a steeper learning curve. And um, yeah, just the CEO itself, all of those things really convinced me or pushed me to going to a more riskier, newer startup than a older company. 
That definitely seems to have been an excellent call on your part, and trusting your instincts is certainly an important way of deciding what you pursue. Now let's talk about business in the light of a more recent happening. The coronavirus has been a very active force in the economy, and it's affecting industries all over the globe. So how is the COVID-19 pandemic treating your organizations, and how did it affect the business? Um, so I have good news on that end. Uh, I think um, definitely has not really changed much besides the way that we thought. Uh, I think in both the startups, uh, something that was true was we always believed that, um, you know, being present, uh, like physically together as a team was important. And um, we believed, you know, office space is important. And now all of those things have been so untrue. Uh, you don't need office space. And, you know, we live in a world where we're constantly connected through technology, um, you know, and just applying that now, it's just so true. Uh, every company is just realizing, wow, we're spending so much money on office space and um, we're not giving our employees enough flexibility to work from home where maybe they're probably more productive. Um, and we have all these, uh, you know, preconceived notions about what works and what doesn't when really we haven't even tested anything. So I feel like uh, that for business has been, you know, this, this forceful experiment of, uh, okay, here you are, you're all at home now, connect with each other through, you know, through technology and online. And I think that's really helped our company because it helps saves a lot of money and um, it gives our employees flexibility. And I think, um, just helps us think, okay, when things do go back to normal, it's okay to work from home and it's okay to not have a fancy office that you're spending so many you know, dollars on. Um, and yeah, I think in that sense, I think it's changing just the way people are thinking. A lot of people actually moved, are moving away from cities um, that are so expensive. And uh, you know, instead of living in cramped apartments and paying so much in taxes. Uh, people are moving away to other states and smaller cities where, where they're not paying so much in taxes and they're living a better life because they have better apartments and they're getting you know, a bigger bang for their buck. So I think those things are actually helping our business because now there's no, there's no, okay, we have to be in the office at you know, this time and we all have to meet and really like there's just space for productivity. You can get up and immediately just be, you know, working. Um, but then also on that end, I feel like there has been no end time to work. It just all merges in. It's now okay to be working at 8 p.m. for some reason. And that's that's been a challenge where like, how do you set that line where, okay, you're at home, but that's that's not work time. You should be spending time with your friends, with your family. And what I've noticed is a lot of people are complaining about those things where it's, um, yeah, like I'm working at 9 p.m. I'm working at 10 p.m. And my company expects that. So I think the challenge for me has been, and for our company has been, where do we draw that line of, okay, now it's time to just shut off your computers um, and, you know, do whatever else you need to do outside of work, um, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Adapting to new circumstances with today's technology is so incredible, but they definitely come with their own set of trials and tribulations. And it's great to see how manager reviews hasn't had to face the brunt of the pandemic, but how all of you are um, working towards getting over um, any of the challenges that you'll face. Um, how about you, Almas? How has the pandemic changed or affected Artevel's operation? I agree 100% with what Rushika has said. Um, I've realized that different companies do not really need as much office space as they did before. But I think my experience with Artebel was completely different um, because I don't have an office space. I work from home uh, to begin with. Uh, but what affected the what affected Artebel was the 
meeting with clients and and getting uh, and, and brainstorming with them and uh, collecting products and getting them delivered. And because of all of these restrictions, especially during uh, the lockdown in, in UAE and Dubai, especially in March, April, they I wasn't able to go out and I wasn't able to collect items from them or deliver. Uh, sometimes I'd have orders from Abu Dhabi and I couldn't I couldn't deliver them because there was um, there was a restriction. So it was quite difficult and that was a challenge. But I also decided to kind of take a step back from the orders at that particular period because I, I didn't want to kind of be responsible. I, I didn't want to uh, be basically be irresponsible. Um, but whatever orders I had prior to the lockdown, I did manage to finish them. And not personally deliver them. I used a, um, a delivery company to get them delivered, especially those that lived out of Dubai. Um, so I think I learned how to adapt. I mean, if it wasn't for the lockdown, I mean, God forbid we do it, we have it again, but uh, I was able to kind of outsource my delivery, you know, get a delivery company to do it for me. And that was more convenient for me. And I still, sometimes I still do that, but I personally, I prefer getting them delivered personally just to maintain this uh, client relationship. Uh, but eventually as restrictions got more lenient, I was able to start again. And obviously I still did take safety precautions and, and social distancing and sanitizing. But in addition to that, whenever I've, I received the products, I made sure that I've sanitized them before giving them back. Um, but yeah, I think it was quite an experience for Artibal. And I think it did pretty good. <laughs> okay, so that must have been really difficult initially. And it's definitely true that the pandemic has impacted everyone in such different ways. But it's so great that you've dealt with it so skillfully. Now that we've gone over the past and present, I have a question about the awaited future. So what are the steps you would say y'all are planning on implementing to continue your success? Um, so uh, for me, I think um, there are two very important things um, that I'm trying to implement to make sure that things go over smoothly or I guess successfully. One is being just more organized. Um, so I've started this uh, new thing where I set my, you know, monthly goal and then bring it down to weekly and daily goals. So um, if my monthly goal is, um, for instance, to have 8,000 users on board, um, then, you know, I bring that down to what would that look like every single week and what am I doing every single day um, to get there. Uh, it just helps me be more clear on what I'm working towards and um, be more, I guess, accountable to say, okay, today I didn't meet this. So clearly there's something that's wrong that I'm, that I'm not doing correctly. And so there needs to be a little bit more uh, clearer outline for tomorrow. And um, yeah, I think that's what's really helped. And uh, a tool that I cannot recommend more is Notion. It is currently free to all students, um, uh, the premium account, and it's free to everybody else in general, the basic account. And I think uh, if you get a hang of it, it really helps just to find everything for you. Uh, you can go in and I don't know how um, extremely OCD you are about this. I know I am. So I, I literally go in and set uh, even my yearly goals. And, um, you know, you can sit down each day and kind of reflect on, on, on what went good and, and what didn't go good. And then, uh, you know, when you get up the next morning, you're pretty much jumping in and saying, okay, 
here's what didn't go good and here's what I need to work on today. Here are the tasks. And uh, sometimes you can add smaller tasks to that, like, okay, I need to get my laundry done uh, during this time that I have free. So definitely uh, my top one is getting more organized. And then um, two is also taking the time to think about, you know, your mental health and your physical health. Um, you know, COVID or not, I think something that contributes to your mental health is your physical health. So taking the time to work out is especially important for me. And so going forward, I think, um, you know, I've set some goals uh, in that front as well. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, taking time to have some physical activity every single day uh, is super important. I'm not saying you need to be lifting every day, but what I'm saying is I think it is super, super, super important to remember that those things are so aligned. If you're not physically healthy and, and mentally healthy, um, then nothing else that you work on is going to be your best foot forward uh, because that's going to be, uh, you know, you giving not your 100%. And how would you give your 100% if your body and mind are not at 100%? Uh, so I would say those two things are definitely um, my top two things to make sure that things go successfully. I think uh, Rishika just covered it all up. Um, I think organization is very, very important. Um, in addition to organization, I think routine is also very important. Um, uh, because then it would prevent you from having a burnout and burnouts it, they tend to they tend to come often when you do not really set aside time for specific things and then you're all pressured up and then you know it's a, it's a vicious cycle so I think that um, a routine is, is, is really good in addition to what Rishika said. I think Rishika took it all <laughs> over here. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Organization, health routine. These are all great ways in which um, you can continue your success. And I'll be very honest, I think I might make note of these for future reference. Now, obviously, Elnaz and Rishika, the both of you have been immensely successful in your respective fields and in the careers you've pursued. However, if you did have the chance to have done one thing differently, what would it be? Rishika, would you like to start us off? Yeah, um, this one's a little difficult, but um, I think one thing, and, and I think I was talking about this with my friend the other day, was one thing I would, I wish I had done differently is to stop and ask myself if, you know, back in uh, grade eight or nine, when, when we decided uh, what subjects we wanted to take um, for IGCSE, is to really ask myself, is this what I want? And not to think that, you know, um, my, my dreams or, or things I want to pursue are so limited and capped as to what maybe school is, uh, you know, setting for you. Not that that's what they said at all. Um, and then going forward, same thing, like when it comes to deciding what college you want to go to, it's okay. Like wherever you end up, uh, you know, believe in yourself that like, uh, you have the skills and you have the drive to to be successful no matter where you go because oftentimes I feel like we think you know going to this college picking this major working at this company is what's going to be successful I think I you know if I had to do something differently it would be thinking all of these things it's not true I don't know why I capped myself thinking okay now that I'm taking these subjects in IGCSC and A levels and AS levels and now that I'm going to this college and studying this thing now now I'm going to be happy now I'm going to be successful so um, yeah if I could go back in time and tell myself then I would say stop thinking these things it is not true uh, yeah, you're probably going to end up where you're supposed to and um, believe in yourself to make the most out of what, what is given to you and what you have, right? Um, so yes, definitely that. Absolutely. Is this what I want is such an important question. And I think more people need to keep in mind that success 
is completely self-determined and not dependent on what other people think. Elmaz, how about you? If you had the chance to have done one thing differently, what would that be? So I do not personally like to have regrets or try to overthink what I should have could have done differently. But when I was in school, I wanted to be a fashion designer. And then when I was when I graduated from school, I uh, when I wanted to join university, I wanted to pursue in visual communications, and and then I regret. And then I, I I didn't major in that. Obviously, I majored in management. And the entire time, I told myself that I'm in the wrong major. I'm in the wrong major. I should have gone for design. I should have gone for graphic design and, and this and that. And, you know, I'd, I'd beat myself up for it. But, and then I, I started Artabal and I still, I still managed to pursue my goals and dreams, even though um, I wasn't able to do these specific things. Like for example, I wasn't able to be a graphic designer, but I still, didn't take that as an excuse to not do it um, and, and still try to self-learn and um, download Illustrator and Photoshop and try to learn through there. And, and even, even the same thing with my business, uh, without having a management degree, I wouldn't be able to have like at least a bit of knowledge about um, starting or marketing my products or um, financing them because I'm a one woman business. So I'm the person that I have to market. I'm the person that finances my stuff. So it's all, um, all one person. And I think my major did help me. And, um, I think that whatever happens and whatever decision you make eventually will, uh, get you right where you want to be as long as you have the mentality of it, um, as long as you have the drive for it. Um, yeah, but that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yes, I definitely think believing in yourself and going with what makes you happy is the major key to success. Now, finally, as university graduates and DGPS alumni, what is a final word of advice the both of you would like to give our current students? For me, it's going to be, it's okay not to know what you're going to do. It's okay even not to know what major you should be pursuing. And it's absolutely okay to change not only your major, but your career path. And I know that our parents and teachers, and they all want us to succeed. And, um, you know, they always push us to knowing. And so that sometimes puts pressure on you. And it makes you feel like, you know, everybody around me knows exactly what they want. And, uh, you know, people older than me obviously know what they want. I'm the only one who doesn't. Uh, that's not true. I feel like there are so many more people that just have no idea what to do and what major to pick, what what career to pick. And that's okay. And think about it. Those are big decisions, right? They're such big decisions. Of course, it's going to be hard. And I think if you're just mindful and, and you've given it your best thought and you still come up with, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not confident with this, that's okay. That's, that's how it should be, right? Because not everybody is going to be so certain of exactly what they want. Um, it's a hard choice. And if, if you feel like you're lost, uh, talk to more people, you'll realize that you're not alone in this. Um, you know, whether you talk to complete strangers by finding them on LinkedIn, uh, I did that and that helped because everybody said the same thing. We had no idea, but we ended up here and we're happy. We ended up here and we learned this. Uh, or if you talk to, you know, uh, people out, if you feel like your parents are probably going to be saying, oh yeah, you need to know. Uh, maybe ask them like, so how did you figure out like what you wanted to do? You know, how did you get to doing what you're doing today? And I promise you, a lot of them are probably going to say, oh, you know, we didn't really know, or, you know, it was trial and error, or, you know, it was luck, or, you know, we came across this and took that chance. And that's how it is. That's most of the times how it is. So don't feel like, don't 
and, and it's hard not to be anxious, but don't feel like you're going wrong by not knowing or that you are, you know, failing because you, you want to switch out of something that you thought you wanted. It's okay. Um, it's fine to do that. And that does not mean you're not successful or that you're lazy or that you're not going to be successful. It's a good thing because you realized early on that, hey, this is something I don't like. So, you know, why would you? And yeah, having that realization early on is probably more helpful than maybe 20 years into it where you're like, oh gosh, I hate this. And now I want to switch out, right? So it's a good thing if you don't know what you want. That just means that you're closer to getting to where you actually want to be. So that would be my advice. Um, I have two points to address. The first one is don't be afraid of asking for help. Um, you never know who could actually be experienced enough to be your mentor or um, to advise you in a certain decision. Um, for me, it was while I was getting started on um, starting Artabel, um, I did eventually ask one of my professors and I did then after I asked, I realized that he is a startup mentor. And if I hadn't asked that, if I hadn't asked for help, I wouldn't have known. And eventually, as I, as I, as I, as I discovered, I mean, as, as I got more into uh, getting advice from professors, I discovered that a lot of professors have experience with startups and, and, um, uh, startups and, and helping students pursue in it. Um, so you can always go and ask someone, uh, you, you never know who could be of help. Um, the second point is do not wait for a perfect time because it does not exist. Um, you cannot sit down and say, okay, when I graduate university and when I get 50,000 dirhams and when I lose 10 kilos and when I get married and when I do this, then I will start my own startup. It, it, you, you, you cannot set a perfect time. You, it, it just, it, it will never come. It will never come into, in that order. And I think that if you're mentally prepared for it, and if you believe that you have the potential to start something or to even do anything, um, you can do it. Just don't wait on a perfect time. Um, and, 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 and get out of your comfort zone. So if you're in a place where you feel uncomfortable, try to see how you can turn it into a learning experience and, and grow from that. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. I think these are absolutely brilliant pieces of advice and I'm sure our audience will definitely appreciate it. I know I do. All right, that brings us to the end of this episode. Urshika and Elnaz, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and guiding our listeners who are about to set foot on their journey towards independence. Thank you. It was awesome doing this. So really grateful for it. Thank you for having us once again. <laughs> You've come to the end of another episode of the Dubai Gem Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it, hit like, subscribe, and share the podcast to support us.